Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God for this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And our God is great and greatly to be praised. There is no one like him. There is none that compares with him. We will go and read the entire portion of 2nd Chronicles chapter 32 verse 1 through 20 and God provides you time to read and meditate and study and go dig deep for yourself as I always say I bring you the headlines you have to go and read it for yourself to know what the word of God says In this last days we are experiencing uh, the scenarios that the kings of Israel had faced in their lifetime as rightly some people say history repeats itself so whatever challenges and whatever the opposition the kings that ruled in the land of Israel that had faith in God that trusted in God are the similar experiences which people of God on earth today are experiencing you must remember in the old testament people were specially chosen to be appointed as kings for the nation of israel and god would send the anointed prophets to anoint such people and make them to rule over the nation of israel but also in the old testament the history concerning the kings has not been a rosy picture in the sense as i said last week also there was a generation that would serve god faithfully obey and yield and do everything that God wanted them to do but after their demise the following generation or maybe the one who's going to ascend in the throne of that earlier king maybe his own son and this particular new king would always defy God and live in rebellion in in sinfulness and practicing the idolatry of the nations around Israel by which they would anger the a uh, living god and choose to attract the wrath of god upon themselves by allowing god to send the enemies to conquer them or to suppress them or to make them as slaves so this was a ongoing pattern in the history of the kings now in the new testament we all have become kings and priests unto god the father through the blood of jesus christ as in revelation chapter 1 we read verse 6 So now that we all have become as Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 9 that we have become a chosen generation a royal priesthood so that we who have been called out of the darkness into the marvelous light of his would you know spend our time in magnifying and glorifying God who has given us this privilege so if at all we have to learn certain things from how the old testament kings had overcome difficulties and you know the traditions of their parents or the traditions of their kings that had ruled before you know what normally happens is somebody is always having a uh, a mentor or a figure in the leadership to whom all the people would want to you know ape or copy so that's why many people have heroes in their faith and people have uh, certain uh, challenges when they see these so called leaders are living against the will of god but then certain people get hooked to the tradition of following the patterns whatever the leaders or the kings had established for example in this chapter of second chronicles chapter 32 we read that the king of assyria had come defying the living god of israel not only that he is also comparing 
the other gods of the nations with with the same attitude of the god of israel so for the king of assyria it was not like you know the god of israel is special and is the only true god or is the only living god or is the only god who has the might and the power for him he was as equal as all the other gods of the nations that were defeated by him and that all the nations around the israel that were defeated by the assyrian invasion they when they cried out to their gods they were helpless and because of the pattern of the history of victory that this particular assyrian had with his army against the other nations and in fact the other nations had called on their gods for help and yet they were defeated that you know that gave him the boost of pride to compare the god of israel with the other gods of the nations and with that pride that has clouded in his heart and in his mind he felt rather he moved with that blind pride you know pride always blinds the person he as in the book of ecclesiastes it says the wise have their eyes fixed in their head while the foolish walk in darkness so pride actually darkens the heart and the minds of the people who live in that pride so pride is always there goes before the fall as bible says in proverbs so this king of assyria had come with that kind of pride thinking when everybody else faced defeat or were conquered by this army of assyrian and the gods of this nations were helpless to help these people how well can the god of israel support the people of israel primarily the reason why the assyrians had that bold blind confidence was this that king hezekiah's father his own father biological father was uh, idolater he he had actually uh, put aside the worship of god and uh, in fact he had even taken the gold of the temple of jerusalem and he made idols out of them and he was worshiping those idols and he was morally uh, corrupt he was not having the fear of the lord he was living against the commandments of god so the assyrians had known like hezekiah is now the ruler but his father was as idolater as the other people around the nation of israel so for the assyrians it was like you know what legacy the father must have left for his child to follow that's why in the bible it is very you know essential that as parents we must leave a life of example to our children because children know from our devotion how we serve god so there are many people out there who have a false religious attitude of serving jesus christ but not fully given because jesus didn't come for to those people who would have a religious mindset of serving jesus while they live in total rebellion to him you see the main idol a person falls before and put you know worships is his own self image a man is his own idol a woman is her own idol in the sense you know these days you see how people spend crazily on uh, buying cosmetics to make themselves look attractive and they spend thousands of money you know in indian rupees thousands of rupees in any other nation in their respective currencies you see the cosmetic industry is so wildly increasing in terms like you know many multinational companies from korea from france are coming to india to sell their products why 
why do they think that Indian women will be interested in spending such huge money for buying cosmetics? Why men in India would be spending so much of money? Because basically the inherent heart of an individual is to worship themselves. So the first idol a man or woman has is herself or himself. So with that knowledge, the Assyrian army moved with confidence that all are fallen short of the glory of God and all have sinned against God. As Paul says in Romans chapter 3, as in the book of Ecclesiastes, the king of Solomon said, there is not one righteous, there is not one who does good. So, you know, it's a human tendency to worship themselves and to exalt themselves. So probably they had the same attitude towards Hezekiah. But Hezekiah had been a very different person. There are something that we need to learn from the life of Hezekiah. Let's see four major pointers about Hezekiah, how he overcame the traditions of his parents, the moral uh, corruption that the uh, parent of his or his father had left behind as a legacy, how he overcame the invention of the army of the enemies, the Austrians, and how he overcame his personal sickness, the illness that had affected his body. These are some of the most important things that Hezekiah teaches us. Because Hezekiah is a moral king who is compared next to David. King David and Hezekiah have the similarity of serving Jehovah God in the sense of their devotion, in the sense of their fear towards God, in the sense of their uh, you know, moral uprightness for God. But also there is a negative lesson that Hezekiah teaches us and that is he went to show all the blessings and the material blessings that God the Lord Jehovah had given him to the enemies and God was not happy with uh, the exhibition of Hezekiah's wealth and treasure to the enemies. So this is one of the negative things that also teaches us a very good moral lesson. To begin with, as I said, point number one, there were four crises in his life, in Ezekiel's life. The first crisis that he had to overcome was this, the crisis of choice. What can a person choose to do? Choose to follow his father in his footsteps or to know what is right and to reject what is wrong, even though it was an established thing by his own father and that is the idol's worship. So, you know, there's a very big moral choice and a crisis in his life to choose. To choose to follow his father or to choose to follow God and to, you know, defend uh, the requirement as a king. As in the book of Deuteronomy, Moses uh, was given the um, message by God how a king should be when he sits on the throne. And the requirements of the king was elaborately mentioned in the law by Moses. So having read and known the law, Hezekiah had an option and the option has become a crisis for him. Whether to choose to be as his father or choose to follow the law as it mentions the king's moral character concerning his personal life as well as choosing to serve God wholeheartedly. So you see, he overlooked Ahaz, his father, because his father was uh, a corrupt king. He had forsaken the, the law 
he had forsaken the worship of Jehovah God and he had introduced idols in the kingdom. So Ezekiah, having read the or having known the law of God, which the prophet Moses had made known to the land of Israel and the people, he chose to disobey his father. Go with me to 2 Chronicles chapter 28, verse 24 and verse 25. 2 Chronicles chapter 28, verse 24 and verse 25 talks about how Ezekiah's father Ahaz had put idols in the kingdom and had led the people in worship of the idols. Let's read. You see here he says that Ahaz had actually taken the gold out of the temple of Jerusalem and had made idols out of them and he was living a, a moral life concerning defying the law of God. But Hezekiah, when he became king, King Hezekiah had established the worship of God back again in the temple. So that's one of the crises he overcame. The second thing that Hezekiah had to cleanse the kingdom was from the idol worship. You know, the idol worship had spread so widely that people were not being able to be identified who are the people of God and who are the people who are not belonging to God. It was very difficult to identify. Like in the New Testament, as Jesus said in the, the parable of the tares and the wheat, they look very similar. It will be very difficult to identify who are serving Jesus Christ and who are serving the Satan. So in the days of Hezekiah, it was so terrible idol worship. It was very difficult or it was, it was an impossible thing to identify who's worshipping Jehovah and who's not worshipping Jehovah. It was so widely accepted and he had the big crisis to cleanse the kingdom of this disease of serving the false gods, not the living God. Go with me to 2 Kings chapter 18 verse 4. 2 Kings chapter 18 verse 4 will give you the, uh, the picture of Hezekiah as a king cleansing the entire kingdom of the idol worship. You remember in the Old Testament when the, the Israelites were murmuring and complaining against God they were, they were stricken by sickness and death when they were stung by the scorpions and the scorpions and the snakes in the wilderness and people were dying and that time Moses had cried out to God in intercession and God gave him this uh, brilliant idea of putting up a brazen serpent on a pole so that whoever is bitten by a scorpion or whoever is stung by a snake if they look to that brazen snake they will live so what eventually happened was people started worshipping that brazen serpent as God. <laughs> it became a worship. Even today when you go to Jordan, Mount Nebo, there you will find this brazen serpent on the pole. Now this is not the same thing that was made in the wilderness by Moses, but a replica or in a sense, you know, that they are made. What was the significance of that serpent on the pole? It was the cross of Jesus Christ on which sin was nailed, the death was conquered. But the people 
became so idol minded that they started worshiping that and in fact they might have made it as a pilgrimage to go there and worship so ezekiah had to cleanse the entire kingdom of this tradition even breaking down of all this idols and the poles and asherah poles and all that stuff this was one of the crises that he had overcome in his kingdom as a ruler the third thing that king ezekiah had a crisis was the invasion now you see when you are ruling over a kingdom where the people had you know totally lived against god and uh, they are not having that sincerity of worship and giving themselves fully to god it's a moral challenge that he had overcome by making all the people to come back to god at the same time you know you understand the consequence you know a land a kingdom is changing its uh, practice of worship of idols to the living god it should normally bring what prosperity and peace because when you turn from darkness to light it should be light it should be good it should be better it can't be stressfulness right but here you will see like when people stopped worshiping the idols and they started worshiping jehovah god all of a sudden the enemy had come to invade the land now that's a big huge crisis of faith that matters for king hezekiah and the people at large because people can put a question to the hezekiah's faith like you know remember when your father has had worshiped all the idols that time no king dared to enter into a kingdom no king dared to bother us no king dared to come and you know invade us now after your father's death you have started worshiping jehovah you you broke down all the idols you broke down the serpent that was hanging on the you know brazen pole and you have done all that you have you said that you are cleansing the kingdom you said that you are bringing righteousness back to the people you are establishing the worship of jehovah you are building the broken down temple you are building the temple in jerusalem you are appointing the feasts you have, you have, you have called the priests to serve god you are you are saying that you are bringing moral cleansing you are bringing worship back to the temple then why did this king come why did he try to even move his sword against us and look at him and listen to his voice listen to the threats listen to what is he saying he says how best can your king support you guys don't get carried away with your king and his words words will not give you victory words cannot give you strategy in war words are not weapons words are of no worth look at my history look at the the conquests that i had the victories that i had around the nations they all had their kings they had their gods none of them supported none of them had the might and the power to subdue listen to the threat of this guy not only that he's speaking in our own native language that means he knows hebrew he knows about our god also he knows about our history as well that was his major crisis you know when a person is trying to bring people to god and his faith is not being questioned of being wise or unwise but to be very frank with you faith always sounds crazy a person of faith a person living by faith seems to be a crazy nut on earth because faith is something that you live you cannot explain you cannot you know prove it's it's something that comes out of your spirit because it's a gift of the holy spirit faith 
for every person has been given a measure of faith bible says in romans chapter 12 verse 3 and faith comes by hearing hearing the word of god so hezekiah having heard the law having known the word of god having been instructed in the ways of god he had faith but he now has to prove to the people in his kingdom that the enemy who had come for invasion cannot defeat them as we just read in second chronicles chapter 32 verse 1 to 19 the assyrians were saying what good your king is what good your god is and so on so forth and what did hezekiah said to the people you know the remarkable way of encouraging the people this is what hezekiah said to begin with he said don't fear him he only has people of flesh and blood with him the king of assyria is only depending on his soldiers in the vastness of his the strength of his army but we have someone greater than that we have our god with us we have our god who is mighty and our god will take care of this fellow and his entire army our god is able to save us from what did hezekiah do he just went to god in prayer he didn't actually take out a sword he didn't actually call for you know battle strategies to be planned with his generals he didn't call for archers he didn't call for you know horse riders or chariot riders none of those things he just went to the temple he went and sat before god he knelt down and he just repeated a simple prayer to god saying you are god you come down and help us because you are there between the two cherubims your god almighty you're the one who has the power and that simple faith of his you know faith always a person of faith always looks like crazy people to those who don't have faith and he just prayed that little prayer you know what happened i probably believe king hezekiah must have gone to sleep he must have thought i have given the matter to god it is in his hands whether the assyrians will come and kill me or god will kill them it's up to him now i have given him my burden i have given to him all of my care i have exercised my faith i have reported to him and i am going to just go to sleep imagine how can a person go to sleep when the enemy is barking like a crazy dog at the gate is openly defying god is openly challenging hey what are you what is your this that you know in spite of all the threat imagine how can the king go to sleep man how will he get sleep in the midst of the trouble that's why you know god says in his word you will sleep as a small baby without being disturbed while evil is all around you psalm chapter 3 it is written very clearly though the trouble is around you you will sleep like a baby and then what happened by the time king hezekiah woke up god had sent his angel to the camp of the assyrians 185000 were killed that night how many imagine if 185000 have to be killed in one night while the king is sleeping how much of power god is having to prove himself on behalf of those whose hearts are stayed on him chronicles 16:19 says 16:9 says the eyes of the lord are searching throughout the earth to show him some strong on behalf of those 
whose hearts are stayed on him that means if you have faith in god you can be like jesus sleeping in the boat while the storm is you know trying to capsize the boat and the sailors who were these sailors the apostles most of them were professional fishermen what did they do they ran down to jesus they woke him up saying lord lord don't you bother that we are going to perish and then jesus comes upon the deck and he rebukes them saying you of little faith and he rebukes the storm and says hold your peace be still the rain and the storm and the wind ceased it was so calm and quiet you know in the new testament also we have a picture where these disciples will say what kind of man is this even the wind and the storm and the rain obey him you know obedience is what people don't even exercise these days but the nature was willing to obey jesus those days of hezekiah people that listen listen to what the assyrian said the assyrian speak in the hebrew language that means the enemy went and actually spent some time reading about god he he spent time about reading about god he spent time in learning the language but he didn't get faith you see that is what religion does religion doesn't changes anybody a person can become religious and study the word of god and learn the language and learn all the things like a religious person but he or she can become a religious nut but not a child of god the enemy actually learned the language of hebrew and he was also comparing god of israel with other gods it means for him when he must have read about jehovah god how mightily he had provided his people victories after victory victories after victory still he didn't get faith that's what hebrews chapter 4 verse 2 says having heard the gospel they didn't get the benefit of faith because they didn't mix faith while they were hearing it so it's very important that when we hear the word of god we we receive it by faith so that you know it works out for our good it helps us it benefits us let's read now how god delivered uh hezekiah from the invasion or the people that had come to attack the land of israel uh, where hezekiah was the king actually it was divided again northern kingdom and the south kingdom and let's read second chronicles chapter 32 verse 20 and 21 second chronicles chapter 32 verse 20 and 21 You see God has a mighty way of destroying the enemy. First of all, he stopped the enemy in the track. He sent a message that something is wrong that is happening at his home front. So the king from Assyria turns back to his kingdom. And when he returns back to his house while he was worshiping before his idols, two of his own children slayed him. See God has made himself powerfully known even in the camp of the enemy <laughs> so god is mighty to save and to deliver when king and the prophet join together you see in the new testament in matthew chapter 
Jesus said, if two of you shall agree on earth, touching anything and asking the Father in my name, it shall be done to them. So in the prayer of agreement, not only Hezekiah was praying before God, but he was joined by prophet Isaiah. So when two people joined their faith and asked God for help, God did great work of deliverance. He stopped the enemy. He killed all the people in the camp of the enemy. Also, the king was slain while he was worshipping before his idol by his own children. Now, personally, Hezekiah had to overcome uh, a crisis of his sickness. It's, it's written in Isaiah chapter 38, verse 1 to 5. King Hezekiah's uh, family had actually, uh, that means his children had actually become lazy in serving God and uh, they were not uh, living righteously for God. So one day prophet Isaiah comes and says to Hezekiah, God has sent a message that you are going to die with this sickness, set your house in order. And Hezekiah is just, you know, uh, aware of the prophet and aware of God's word. He cries out to God and he makes this simple request to God. He says, look God, remember God how I lived for you, how I obeyed you and how I served you in truth. And uh, he just cried out to God by putting his uh, face to the wall. And God sends back prophet Isaiah saying, I've heard your prayer, I've healed you and I'm you know, giving you additionally 15 years to live. So that's a, that's a major crisis that he overcame. He noticed that when his own life was at peril with sickness, that means when doctors and the um, health industry cannot give an assurance of the particular person to be healed of any sickness and disease. In fact, if the report that was given to the individual says that because of this particular infirmity, you're going to die for sure, and when doctors and the medical industry or the health industry cannot give any kind of assurance, what will the individual do? The individual only cries out to God, asking, begging for forgiveness and healing. But not most of the time people get the blessings. Not most of the time God hears such people. But here in the case of Hezekiah, he just speaks to God and he says, just remember me, God, how I lived for you, how I served you, how I walked before you, how I dealt everything in truthfulness. The simple request he made and God says, done. 15 years, I'm writing more life for you. <laughs> See, wonderful faith, no? That's what faith does. But, but that's one negative thing that Hezekiah had to uh, teach people. And that is the crisis of prosperity. When he was prosperous and rich and long, uh, you know, long-term benefits were given to him he out of pride started showing all of these treasures to the ungodly Isaiah chapter 39 verse 1 to 8 and there God rebukes him he says how dare you show your wealth and treasures and riches to the ungodly there's a moral lesson here not everybody is supposed to know your prosperity not everybody is going to be happy when you prosper not everybody is going to rejoice knowing that God has made you to flourish. So it's wise person who will not get carried off with pride. Normally pride takes opportunity to exhibit itself. Suppose a person gets, for example, I heard somewhere, uh, I think it was in Google or somewhere. You can always check it. 
one guy he won so many millions of dollars in the lottery and this man he never exposed it to his family members that he got that much of uh, money in the lottery that he won the prize in fact what he did he went and he collected the money the prize money and he never revealed that he won that prize money and for many years he lived as if he was a pauper man that that story is a true story that happened in the us it's in google you can check but the day he he exposed that he had won that millions of dollars as a prize money suddenly his life became a target from the enemy people wanted to kill him and take away that money from him like that there are many stories in the world so normally god doesn't want his children to walk in pride to show the pride of their heart when they become prosperous we are called to use the resources god gives us the prosperity god gives us for the expansion of his kingdom for the enlargement of his kingdom for the benefit of the people around it's not that we go about exhibiting you know the rich person is not a rich person with the pride that he lives the rich person is a rich person with the humility that he lives you know simplicity has a beautiful uh, way of presenting itself while pride has a evil presentation pride is always evil it, it is so subtle that the person who has a pride can't even identify that the person is having pride so god rebuked hezekiah saying you have walked in pride in your prosperity you have revealed all the treasures of your house of your kingdom to the ungodly people by exposing this you have called attack so that's um, one of the significant uh, lessons They're negative but still it has a moral lesson for us to understand it doesn't matter how well you have walked with god how many answers you have received from god be very careful about pride when prosperity comes prosperity doesn't means that you go and expose it to the ungodly people prosperity means you live in humbleness and you serve god with the benefit that god has given you to the upliftment of the others and for the blessing of his name god who has supplied it so we must learn so many things from how the kings in the old testament fared with god and how as children of god in the new testament we must conduct ourselves to recall ourselves what all are the things that we learned crisis of what of whether to follow the tradition of his father king ahas removing of the idol worship from the kingdom cleansing the kingdom the third thing was how to overcome the invention of the enemy fourth one was how to be cleansed from the uh, sickness and the disease that would have caused death untimely death and how god prolonged his years and the last one was how to live in humility and walk in humility when prosperity comes because prosperity comes and also with the prosperity comes pride so we must be very very watchful when god prospers we must become more humble for his praise and for his glory lord we thank and exalt you for the wonderful uh, faith lessons that we learn from hezekiah how he overcame the crisis in his life thank you god for giving us this uh, 
lessons as we have learned help us to put them into practice we thank you we exalt you we praise and worship you lord you're the god who stops the enemy in the track you're the god who sends bad news to the enemy and when the enemy hears the bad news he goes back to his own town to to his own place where he or she is being nullified god you're the one who deals with the enemies and their their entire household their entire armed forces is nullified god we exalt you that you alone are the one true living god a prayer answering god a god who watches over us blesses us and prospers us so that we can live to glorify your name forgive us for any pride forgive us for exposing any treasures to the ungodly forgive us for any way that we might have lived that must have hurt you lord we ask for the cleansing of our sins for your faithful to forgive us our sins when we confess you will wash us with the blood of jesus and make us righteous again now god to you be the thanks and the praise now and forevermore in jesus name we pray amen may the love of god and the grace of our savior jesus christ and the communion of the holy spirit abide with each one of us now and forever and may god bless you as you like comment and share with others bye bye until we meet be blessed god bless you